0: Man, I'm glad he's the king of kings. One morning on the way to school this week, as I was taking Laura to school, we were talking about King Charles of England, and I said, I believe his inauguration is in April. And uh, I believe that's right. Is that right? His inauguration is in April. And uh, she said, well, who is the king now? I said, well, he's already the king. Not inauguration, coronation. Uh, But they haven't had his coronation yet. She said, can you be king and not have a coronation? I said, oh, yes. I know another king that's not yet been crowned, but he is king. And she said, who's that? I said, that's King Jesus, and I'm going to his coronation. And open your Bibles again to Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1. Verse 5 is my text verse, and I would uh, ask you to pay attention to the last part of the verse as we come to that. The Bible says in Genesis 1, verse number 5, And God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. By the way, the definition is given here, and God gave the definition. Amen. And when God gives a definition of a word, it's already settled. There's no need to call it something else Congress can't change what God defines. Anyway, here, I got away from my message already and haven't even started. Now, here is the message right here. And the evening and the morning were the first day. I want to preach this morning on the subject, night comes before day. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help me as I preach this simple message today. But I believe one that can be of great encouragement. I know folks who are carrying, Lord, a heavy burden. As I stood at the head of the casket on Friday, and I heard a husband of 60 years say, let me visit the casket just one more time. And he walked to the casket, and he stood. He didn't want to leave. He left with a broken heart. And Lord, so many today have hurting hearts. I pray that this message would be an encouragement and a help not just to them, but to all of us. Fill me with your spirit as I preach. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Perhaps many of you have read the Bible and noticed the phrase, And the evening and the morning were the first day. And it caught your attention because it doesn't say the morning and the evening was the first day. It says the evening and the morning was the first day. And we find that phrase through Genesis chapter 1. In fact, we find it several times through the Bible. The evening and the morning uh, was uh, the day. When reading about the death, the burial of Christ and the resurrection, mention, uh, there are mentions to the days. And every time you find mentioning to the evening being the beginning of the day, you have the evening or the night first, and then you have the day. The book of Daniel makes mention of the evening and the morning being a day. Psalm 55, verse number 17, the psalmist says, Evening and morning and at noon will I pray, talking about the evening being the beginning of the day. The psalmist said in Psalm number 30, Weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. In the Jewish tradition, days follow this pattern of night first, then the day. Even today, practicing Jews observe the Sabbath, which begins at sunset on Friday and goes until the sunset on Saturday. Now why is this? Why does the Bible say this? It seems to us that the day begins in the morning, and we'll often say... It's a joy to be a part of this new day. And we're referred to the morning as the new day. And we refer referred to as the daylight beginning the day. But that's not how the Bible reads. The Bible reads the beginning of the day being the evening and then comes the morning. Well, the first thing I want to point your attention to, if you look at verse number 2, the Bible says this, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So, uh, the world began in darkness. Verse number 3, the Bible said, And God created light. And it was good and he called the evening and the morning the first day. And so we see that light came after darkness indicating the markers of a full day being the evening and the morning. Genesis chapter 1 tells us of the days of the week, of the days of creation, it will say, and the evening and the morning was the second day, and the evening and the morning was the third day. By the way, it is teaching a literal 24-hour day creation, six days. And God didn't rest because he was tired. He rested because he was finished. He created everything. And you'll find that repeated six times. Evening and the morning uh, were the second or third or all the way to the sixth day. Now, the Bible tells us plainly that Christ came into the world to bring light. You understand the world began in darkness and God brought light. You come to the New Testament, you find in John chapter 1, the Bible says, "...in the beginning was the Word." And the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So everything that God has ever done, is doing, or will do, he has done, is doing, or will do through his son Jesus Christ. He created the world through his son Jesus. He saves man through Jesus. The judgment a seat will be the judgment seat of Christ. So everything God does, he does through his son Christ in John chapter 1 uh, confirms the deity of Christ or that Jesus was God in the flesh. And then the Bible says this, in him was life. And the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now God gave light in darkness, Jesus gave life in death. Ephesians chapter 1, the Bible tells us, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. I was dead. I would still be dead were it not for the coming and the receiving of Christ in my life. But my life went from darkness to light. It went from death. Don't get too excited. It went from death to life because of Christ. Now, (coughs) we have been and we are being trained to think the opposite more and more so or to think of life without God. But there is no light, nor is there life, without God. Without God, the world lies in darkness. Without God, without the coming of God in the flesh, without the coming of Christ, the world lies in death. He is light and He is life. As far as this world is concerned, life is dying. But... For the child of God who has eternal life within, we cannot die because we have everlasting life in him. The worst thing that could ever happen to a Christian is to die and go to heaven. That's not bad. A preacher that I knew and heard preach, he's in heaven now. He was on an elevator and uh, going, uh, getting ready to go to church and a man attempted to rob him on the elevator, actually pulled a gun on him. And, and, and there were two uh, parts of the story that was funny. First of all, he pointed to his stomach and he said, give me your money or I'll blow your brains out. Well, he got tickled because he was pointing at his stomach and threatened to blow his brains out. And then he said to him, he said to the man that was holding the gun, you can't threaten me with heaven. Now, the thief, the robber, thought the man was crazy, and so he left him alone. He didn't rob him or hurt him. And so when you think about it, the worst thing that can happen to us is to die and begin eternal life. That's a pretty good thing, isn't it? Paul didn't say, the time of my death is at hand. Paul said, the time of my departure is at hand. Now think with me. God always gives light. And he gives light out of darkness and life out of death. For example, John chapter 12, verse number 24, a seed must die, a seed must die before it can bring forth life. The Bible says that a corn of wheat falleth into the ground, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. Hence the reason many people are lonely because they're living their life to themselves rather than dying for the cause of Christ. When you die for the cause of Christ, you're not dying, you're producing life in others. The Bible says of John that he was a burning and shining light. His light was being burned up so others could have light. I don't know about you, but I don't like darkness. I don't like death. That's why I love the Lord Jesus and God in his book because he has given me not only light, he has given to me eternal life. In the Bible we learn that a seed must die before it can bring forth life. We learn from the scripture, we sow and then we reap. We're taught in the Bible, we work before we receive a pay. The Bible teaches us to toil before the blessing. The Bible tells us the cross is before the resurrection. The labor is before the purchase. The race is before the reward. Repentance comes before revival. Travail comes before birth. Rain comes before there's a harvest. The wilderness came before Canaan. Faith comes before victory. Prayer comes before the answer. The sunset comes before the sunrise. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. There is life on earth before there is life in heaven. I want to say this morning that night brings day. Now we're being taught and we would like to have life the other way around. We want the reward without the work at all. And life is disappointing when you find out you don't get the reward without the work. Now somebody has to work for somebody to have a reward. Some folks are, are, are fooled into this foolish thinking. They don't have to work. They can just be rewarded for living. But that's not what the Bible teaches. And many want the reward before they work. And life is disappointing when they find out that isn't and it can't be true. Some are angry at God because they don't receive what they want from God. They don't understand that you don't just get from God, but you reap what you sow. You see, there's not reason for us to be upset at God. We need to simply understand that God came to give light out of darkness and give light life out of death. Here's what Jesus said in Luke chapter four: "The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He hath appointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight." to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised Jesus came that we might have light and that we might have life when Paul was explaining death and the resurrection here's what he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed now listen to the wording For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass or brought to the end the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, the question is asked, Where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, the victory over what? The victory over sin. The victory over what? Death. The victory over eternal death. I'm not going to die. I'm going to change a dress where I live one day, but I'm not going to die. My night has been turned to day. My death has been turned to life. And this corruptible is going to be sown in corruption. Ah, but when the trumpet sounds, it's going to be raised incorruptible. This body is going to be sown, a mortal body, but when the trumpet sounds, it's going to be raised immortal because the night comes and... Then comes the day. That's the way God has it designed. I have enjoyed every age and every stage of life. My my wife and I were visiting her family, and it was uh, Christmas a couple of three years ago, and my wife's brother asked my wife, what has been your favorite age? What age was your favorite age? The first thing she thought about is she thought about being younger. But then she thought, no, I wouldn't want to be that age. I wouldn't have my Laura. So I wouldn't want to go back to there. And she thought of different ages, and then she said, I guess my favorite age is today. Now the truth is, for the Christian, you and I can enjoy every age and stage of life. I enjoyed my childhood. I enjoyed my teenage years. I was very blessed to grow up simple and learning to work. I was blessed to grow up what some people call poor. Poor is not a curse. I'll tell you what a curse is, thinking you can get something without working, and that's a different message altogether. I just want to say I enjoyed my childhood. I enjoyed my teenage years. I enjoyed my college years of life and surrendering to God's will for my life as a pastor. I've enjoyed being a husband. I I should not say I have. I do, I have, and I do enjoy (laughs) being a husband. I enjoy being a father. I'm enjoying being a grandfather. It's a tad expensive, but I'm enjoying being a grandfather. I enjoyed being a the young preacher. I enjoyed that. Now, now I'm, I'm correct in my verb tense now. I enjoyed being the young preacher. I remember one time a missionary came to our church in my early years. I became a pastor when I was 21 and single, and uh, became a pastor in April 1986. We got married in June of 1987. And I remember a missionary coming to our church in those early years. And I went to his car, and I was helping him carry his things in for his table, and uh, we carried everything in. And he said, could you introduce me to the pastor? And I said, "I'd be glad to." And I put my hand down and I said, "Put her there. this is the pastor." Oh he said, "I'm sorry." He said, "I thought you were just a young man helping to carry my things in." I said, "I am just a young man." Carrying your things in, but I'm the pastor too. And I enjoyed that. But I also enjoy, and recently I was introduced as a pastor with experience, and then to use those words, a veteran pastor of 36 years. I felt my gray hair and uh, I, I felt being older. I enjoy that. I enjoy this stage of life. I enjoy counseling young pastors. I do. I enjoy helping them navigate the ministry and the balance of life and family and ministry. I am enjoying going into it, the very, very early stages of senior years. For example, I enjoy getting a cup of coffee at McDonald's for 55 cents. I enjoy that part of it. And uh, I'm enjoying life. I do not plan to stop enjoying life. You say, what stage do you dread the most? As a Christian, there's no stage I dread. Because night does not end, night is the beginning, and night comes before day. In every age and stage of life, there are times of sowing, and toiling, and laboring, and praying, and fasting, and darkness, and valleys, and travail, and faith, and bearing a cross. But also there is in every age and stage if there's reaping there's sowing if there's if there's praying there are answers there are blessings after the toiling there's possession after the labor there's rewards after running the race. There is revival after repentance. There is the land of Canaan after the wilderness. There is victory after the faith. There is the sunrise after the sunsets. There is joy in the morning after the weeping of the night. Sometimes I don't look forward to the prayer and fasting, but I look forward to the answer. Sometimes I dread alone time. And I dread weeping times. And I sometimes do not look forward to the darkness after the sunset. But I have learned not to despair, for all of these things bring forth life and blessings and reward. You see, the night comes first and then comes the morning. I want to ask you a question Where are you in your life? And wherever you are in life, you ought to determine, I'm going to press on, I'm going to press forward, even if you're at a stage in the evening time or the darkness time or when the psalmist said, weeping may endure for the night, ah, but joy cometh in the morning. I was showing some preacher friends through our new building a few weeks ago, and uh, One of the preachers said to me, a good man, and and what he said to me was well intended, but but what he said I didn't agree with. He, He said this, I would hate to be going through a building program at a time like this. He added, with the recession and all, I would hate to be where you are. I looked at him and I said, God doesn't have recessions. God may lead me through the valley, but not to leave me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. The Bible tells us that there is morning coming after the night. God leads us through the valley. God leads us through the darkness. He teaches us to work with our hands. He teaches us to pray in faith at believing. He teaches us that some things come with prayer and there are some things that we must add to our prayer fasting. He does tell us, I'll pour water on the thirsty. He didn't say I'd pour water on the satisfied. Are you with me? He said I'll pour water on the thirsty. He does tell us that we have to sow if we plan to reap. We have to toil if we plan to harvest. We have to run the race if we plan to win. But I want to say this morning, dear friend, no matter where you are in life, you may say, oh, I'm in the darkness of night. I got good news for you. Joy comes in the morning. You see, the night comes first and then the day. We've been so trained to think, about, uh, to, to think about it in the other way. We're trying to teach a generation they can have something for nothing, but that's not true. Uh, God teaches, God's teachings are always exactly right. Paul said it like this, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 6, For I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, Paul's not talking about an end, he's talking about a morning time. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the righteous judge shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. You know what the world teaches you? The world teaches you, you better be afraid death is coming. You better get ready for a funeral. You know what God says do? He said get ready for eternal life. The only way I can get to heaven is by death or the rapture. Hey, dear friend, don't you let the world bring you down to think all good things are ending. Night comes first for the child of God. And after the night, then comes the morning. I wish I could sing like some of these fellows. I'd sing this song right here, right now. Here's the words. If you've knelt beside the rubble of an aching, broken heart, when the things you gave your life to fell apart, You're not the first to be acquainted with sorrow, grief, or pain, but the master promised sunshine after rain. And the chorus goes something like this. Hold on, my child. Joy comes in the morning. Weeping only lasts for the night. Hold on, my child. Joy comes in the morning. The darkest hour means dawn is just in sight. You see, the evening and the morning was the first day. I want you to get this, and I'm finished. I'm finished early. Night does not end it. One day, we're going to wake up in heaven. And guess what? There will never be night. Where do we start in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 2? We started in darkness. Ah, but the spirit of the... Excuse me while I get excited right here as I close. But the spirit of the Lord began to move. And the Bible says, let me just read it again right here, verse number 2, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water, waters, and God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Night comes, and then day. As I stood at the funeral this week, I said, Grace de Rosset is entering a day where night will never come again. Jesus didn't come to shine a flashlight. Jesus didn't come to make you feel better. Jesus came that we might have light and life for all eternity. Because in heaven there is no night, no sorrow, no sadness. I think of this every time I preach funeral. Preacher friend of mine was... Preaching about that passage of scripture, he said, "In heaven there'll be no darkness, there'll be no night, be no sadness, no sorrow, no tears." He said, "There'll be no morticians in heaven." The fellow in the church raised his hand. He said, "I'm a mortician." He said, "I'll be in heaven. I'll just have a different job." <laughs> Stand with me, if you will. Hey, child of God, listen to me. The world says you better dread the night. God says, morning's coming. Hold on, my child. Joy comes in the morning. And when we get to heaven, there will be no more night. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here and you do not know Christ as your personal Savior, you ought to trust Christ today because in Him is light. Without Him, there is no light. Without Him, there is no life. Your life is temporary. You are as a candle that is burning out. But through Him, you can have eternal light and life. You can enjoy every age, every stage of life. And when the day comes that is your day of dying, you can say the time of my departure. Is at hand. I'll enter the day where there is no more night. If you're here this morning, you need to trust Christ as Savior in just a moment. When he sings, step out of your seat, tell one of the men or ladies at the front, I want to trust Christ as Savior. If you believe it's the will of God for you to become a member of this church, you ought to make that decision this morning. Or if you need to follow the Lord in believers' baptism, you ought to make that decision. Heavenly Father, thank you. The day's coming when there's no more night. And you are the light of that city and you will shine for the rest of eternity. Here in this life, there are some nights. There are some darkness. And there's some weeping that endures for the night. Thank you, Lord, that we can enjoy every age and stage of life because we're going to a place where there's no more darkness. Bless our invitation in Jesus' name. Amen.